Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Let's go straight out to the HRNP guest line, being joined now by Houston Texan reporter for ESPN, ESPN.com, DJ B Anime. DJ, I saw you and Paul get into it a little bit uh, over C.J. Stroud and Lamar Jackson, the argument between the two. Why do you still have Lamar Jackson ahead of Stroud? Is this a trick question? No, I'm just curious your perspective, because I actually agree with you. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, like, I don't even have to go into the football aspect. Two-time MVP in four years, right? Like, he's one of, like, 11 guys in NFL history to ever become a two-time MVP, and he's done it all before the age of 28. Like, I think that all... And I and I think that TJ will eventually win. He could eventually win an MVP. I, I think he can. He has the talent to do so. But I'm not putting him above guys that already have. Like two times, yeah. Like there's no, there's no like if um you ask thirty two NFL owners if you could have Lamar or CJ, the majority of them are going to take Lamar. Like they they can have them without having to give up any crazy conversation. No, I'm the majority is going to take Lamar. Cause we've seen what Lamar can do at the highest level. Right. Only thing that the only blemish on Lamar's resume is he doesn't have up a long playoff run. But I think that's going to change after this run, after this year. And then, like, what are you going to say now? You feel me? So, yeah, like, it's Lamar easily. And that's not even no hate on CJ. Right. CJ's phenomenal. He's one of – CJ's probably, like, he's having, like, in my eyes, probably, like, the second or third best rookie season ever. Mm-hmm. The only guy that I put above is um is uh, Dan Marino because Dan Marino was second team all pro as a rookie um, at quarterback, which is absolutely bonkers. Um, but, I mean, like, you can make the argument between him and Herbert their rookie years or him and Cam or Andrew Luck, like, like there he's in that tier and we know it's gonna be a team to go. It's not gonna be a flash in the pan with CJ. But yeah, like it's easy. You're, As of right now, Lamar. Yeah, you're right. It is it is the only blemish on Lamar. And if he were to win a Super Bowl, then you literally have nothing to say like like you mentioned. I have Lamar number one uh, top quarterback in the league right now. I have CJ in my top five. I was just curious your perspective, but also wanted to segue to my next question. What's the best way to slow down Lamar Jackson? Because that's the only chance the Texans have tomorrow. Uh, I would say um, speeding up his clock. Uh, I, I would say that speeding up his clock, uh, blitzing him a little bit more. Not not blitzing him a lot because I think he he's shown that he can handle that. But I think um, when I say speed up his clock, sometimes come with a blitz, or sometimes have cloud coverage, or sometimes make him disguise your coverage, make him think of something else. And then when he when he goes to that side and it's something completely different, now that clock is kind of being sped up a little bit. So I would say that, right? Like, you know, I saw people get on uh, uh, Bill uh, Polian for saying like keep him in the pocket. Yeah, but like, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. Like, yes, like like Lamar is one of those. Players, it's almost like with LeBron. It's almost like when you guard when you're going against LeBron or you go against Jokic. Like your best bet is to turn into a score, right? If you let them get other people involved while they're scoring, you have no shot. But if they're just scoring by themselves, you have your best shot because everybody's just watching them play. It's kind of similar to where, okay, Lamar is dynamic throwing and running. Okay, but he's more dynamic running. So if you keep him in the pocket more, not saying he can't dice you up because you have to keep him in the pocket but get him, have him under pressure, that's when you have success. But if he's getting out of the pocket and creating and being able to be dynamic outside of the pocket, now you're allowing ex- major explosives that can tilt the game in the field. So, yeah, like, it's obviously 
you know, it, okay, if Lamar had like a, I love Jay Flowers, but obviously not in that class yet. If he had like a top tier, like a Marty Adams and Terry Hill, then I would say like try to get him outside of the pocket to keep him in the pocket would be problematic. But obviously with his receiving core, even though it's better than it was before, but no Mark Andrews, I would say, yeah, you, you, you try to speed up his clock, keep him in the pocket, and uh, hope for the best in that aspect. DJ, we know how good they are at running the football. And we talked to Cadre Ismail yesterday about the fact that, you know, no matter what the running back's name is, too, it doesn't matter because the line blocks, the holes are there, and they get yardage. And so I'm curious because how essential it is that you have as many healthy bodies as possible. We've seen Grenard miss time and Anderson miss time. Uh, and over the last couple of weeks, we know a lot of the interior defensive linemen have missed time. But with the Texans' health, are you concerned about anybody, or are they a full go? And then how essential is it, because you're talking about into the pocket, out of the pocket, about not only kind of protecting the edge, but how important it is in your lanes for those defensive linemen like Collins and Rankins and guys to just be big, big plugs to stop up a lot of those big holes? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they're probably the most vital. I know, you know, I think they're probably the most vital aspect of this game overall, right? Because if Malik Collins and Sheldon from the three-tech and the two-eye or sometimes when they go speed package and they're both in the three-tech the three spot, if they're both being disruptive and collapsing the pocket from the interior on run and pass downs, now the edge, the edge, um, if Lamar tries to get to the edge or the running backs try to get to the edge, you have, they're basically going into Will Anderson and Jonathan Gennard's um, tackling area or whatnot, right? Or again, like if you're pushing it in, Lamar if, from a passing, you know, I know you have to run, but from the passing perspective, Lamar has to now, like, instead of like going horizontally to the edge, he has to back up to go. So he kind of has to loop around where if it's all collapsing in, he can just kind of slide out, and now he has all this extra space. And similar in the run game, where if you can consistently blow up the inside, inside zone, power, counters, things of that nature, if you can consistently blow that up or have control over that now. The line, now there's not much space for the running backs to operate with. Now you can have this pair and get downhill. Blake Cashman get downhill. Uh, Christian Harris get downhill. And now you can turn those runs. Because I know in week one, obviously, that's a long time ago. But they contained their running attack for the most part. So I think the Ravens only had – they had under 270 yards, 200, 270 yards of total offense in that entire game. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were able to um, – Controlled a lot of scrimmage. I think if Sheldon and Malik are able to control it, then that can neutralize a lot of the dynamic running game that the um, Ravens have. Because I already know Gargano Gennard and uh, Will Anderson are going to keep their contained. So it's going to be really can they get their downhill running going? Because perimeter runs, especially in December, January, they're not as effective. They're not as effective mainly because. When it's cold outside, people aren't as fast. The fast guys, they get a little bit slower. Um, and hitting those edges aren't nearly as available as it was before. But, yeah, I think if they can, you know, contain the in-between tackles, obviously with Malik and Sheldon, they'll have a great spot. They'll be in a good spot. Flip the script for me real quick. If We know that the, the Browns had the number one defense in the NFL, but we also know that this is a different animal when you're talking about the Ravens. When you talk about two dynamic and unbelievably you know disruptive linebackers like Smith and Queen, we saw a little bit of it in week one, but what they've been able to do and how different is it going to be between Cleveland's defense and what that, what Texans fans are going to see with this 3-4 with this th- uh, defense? Yeah, man, so I would say with uh, – so – Oddly, surprisingly, my, my friend Will, 
from Fox 26, he mentioned that the Browns defense on the road actually isn't that good. And obviously, you saw that come to fruition. That, I can't answer why, but the biggest difference schematically that I say from uh, Jim to Mike McDonald, to Jim, it felt like they played a lot of our guys are better than your guys' coverages. I know you guys remember early in the, in the, early in the game, um, there was like an offside. Miles Gary jumped offside. I was like, it's like the first, it might not be the first drive of the game for the Texans. Miles Gary jumped offside uh, in his third down. You know, I forgot what the result that play was. Incomplete. But the Browns were in cover one. They called that same call again. And that just shows the arrogance and the, and the mindset of, like, we're be- I think my guys are better than your guys. And that's, that, that's a complete – and obviously Bobby Scott was able to completely destroy that. But when he got a first crack at it in week 16, he got, you know, he got, you know, head upside the head. He came back. He knew what to expect. And he completely tore, tore them apart. Well, Mike McDonald, Mike McDonald is a lot more um, strategic. And he doesn't call a lot of coverages of like, oh, my guys are just better than your guys. It's a lot more nuanced and a lot more based off of um, confusion. Because as you see, like, they, they lead the league in sacks this year, but they don't have a premier pass this year. Why? Because they do a lot of sin pressures. They can get guys free or get guys one-on-one, um, but get the tackles in a very uncomfortable spot where if they think, let's say hypothetically, the, the right tackle is expecting a linebacker to come and a linebacker to come up his gap, but he doesn't. And then now he's looking, but you got Janet Jadavion Collins, who's extremely athletic, bursting off the edge. Now that tackle is at a disadvantage, and that can cause some type of confusion, things of that nature. And we saw that in week one, where they were able to get six sacks on Texas offensive line on TJ Shop. So I'll say, you know, there's a lot of confusion. Uh, you, have be, you have to be a little... I, I, I would say you have to be careful of predetermining where you want to go with the ball because sometimes they can look like they're going to be in a specific coverage and they may just turn into a cloud coverage, coverage six. And now, you know, you might try to get back to the other side and maybe the passers might be able to get to you in that time. So this is a really good job of making you hitch and things of that nature, this is, which is why they're able to thwart San Francisco and Miami's offense in back-to-back weeks. And obviously Bobby Stokes runs a very similar offense. What I will say, though, is CJ is I, I don't I don't know if he's uh, okay, I would say I don't know if he's say better at it, but he's shown the better ability of full field reads. I don't know if that's because he has a better offensive line for a pass protection in Miami and uh San Fran. I don't know if it's because he has um he's just a better athlete and more he's more physically gifted in Tua and Brock Purdy. But Field not Fields and not Justice Field. But Shroud has a He's shown consistently throughout the year that he can go one, two, three. We, we, we saw on the podcast um, the Colts player, um, I think it's Zaire Franklin, where he was mentioning how how frustrating it can be to watch CJ go through from one, two, and his third read and be able to get that, how demoralizing that can be. And CJ has done that consistently throughout the year. And I think some of that is because he can create a little bit within the pocket and he has a good enough O-line and pass protection. But again, um, I would say those are some of the differences is Mike McDonald is a lot more. Uh, he can he has better answers when he, he, he when he makes his adjustments because San Francisco and Miami they moved the ball pretty well early in the game, but they made their adjustments to completely <laughs> tighten the screws on Miami and San Francisco's offense. So um, that's another difference is uh, Mike McDonald can make adjustments way better than Jim Schwartz can. So it's going to be a it's going to be a big chess match throughout the entire game.
DJ, you mentioned Bobby Slowick. He told you guys in the media two days ago that right now I couldn't tell you what's going on in the job search entirely locked in on Baltimore 24 hours later. He had interviewed with two different teams. Is Bobby Slowick the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans next year? Um, so I, uh, early, I would have said no, because there's like nine, there's like nine spots, but like, I think now, so like the Raiders got, uh, Antonio Pierce, the Patriots have, uh, dry mail. It looks like the Falcons are going to get Bill Belichick. It looks like the Chargers, they don't report the Chargers are zeroing in on Jim Harbaugh. So that leaves the Panthers, the Titans, um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Washington, else. Washington. So it looks like I mean, I, yeah, actually, yeah, he got to compete with Ben Johnson. I, see, I saw one report that say that they think Ben Johnson will go to Washington. So that's that like what? That's like only a few spots left. Titans, Panthers. Um, obviously, I feel like I'm still missing somebody. But regardless, the the point being what it is, there's not going to be that many desirable spots. So I can see a scenario about the story. There's runs it back for one more year. Um, with with the Texans, continue to build and learn. Mainly because this is his first year calling plays. I think what would be very valuable for him is just learning. Okay, what are the solutions to the problems that can presented to me? Um, and continue to learn and adapt and learn how to answer those questions fast. Because one issue that because he only called plays for one year, one issue that happens with Mike Mike McDaniel's in Miami is he struggles at adjusting in game when um, when. Uh, trying to find solutions in game because he hasn't called plays that long. So he doesn't have that scar tissue on how to make those adjustments. And obviously Bobby Scope is still learning. Obviously this is his first year calling plays, which is why I think Ben Johnson, I think somebody mentioned, um, someone reported in one of their stories, that was one reason why he went back to continue to build on learning the, um, finding the answers when things aren't going right. So and another thing too, like, I know we talk a lot about calling plays. To be honest, in my honest opinion, that's the least, well, I mean, at least, like, that's probably, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, probably, like, in terms of importance, it's probably, like, a 2. In terms of being a head coach in the NFL, like, the calling plays is, that ain't got, like, obviously that matters. But to be a successful head coach, that doesn't matter. That's, that's not going to make or break you, right? Uh, Mike Tomlin hasn't called plays in how God knows how long. He's been very successful because, like, it's about building the staff, being able to be a leader of men, being able to find people that can develop players on your roster, so I know, I know Colin plays, you know, we got enamored with that, but how many times have we seen a guy that looks like he can call plays, go somewhere and he'd be absolute, you know, crap? Yeah, you know, it happens all, all it happens time and time and time again. But it's Nathaniel Hackett, Adam Gates, um, the list goes on, uh, Matt Nagy. The list goes on and on and on again because really like Colin plays is a very, very minute aspect of being a head coach. It's really about, uh, can you be a leader of men? And then everything else trickles down from that. I know that we kind of get enamored with play calling, but that's the only thing that we can quantify when it comes to being a head coach because that's all we can actually see. But in reality, that's a very small aspect. And I think it would serve Bobby well to continue to learn under D'Amico how to be a leader of men. Not saying that he's not, but to continue to, to learn. And now, think about it. Like, they have success. Okay, how do you handle success going into next year? Because next year is not going to be a feel-good story. Next year, they're going to be expected to win a lot. Expect, expect to be to win big right so how do you handle that pressure and things of that nature so yeah i I agree with you about the we get enamored by play calling dj appreciate the time hope you're getting some crab cakes for dinner tonight and uh hope again talk to you next week it would mean a texans win 
Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no crab cakes tonight. Um, you know, me and the lady, we're going to uh, go on a date and get some food later on. I haven't told her where we're going, but, you know, she's trying to, she's trying to research what it is, but I ain't going to tell her. She okay. can't guess it. I caught that flex, though, DJ. Hey, you're, you have a girlfriend. Cool. <laughs> she travels with <laughs> Y'all have a good time, DJ. Thank you, uh, thank you for the time. We always appreciate it. DJ Enemy, who covers the Houston Texans for ESPN, ESPN.com. Hopefully he gets some nice dinner for uh, he and his uh, lady friend tonight. All right, rest versus rust versus momentum. Where do you stand when it comes to that? And also the old, do you want Derek Stingley to travel this weekend question? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now I want to talk to you about Allstate Siding and Windows. I'm telling you about Allstate Siding and Windows because I'm speaking from experience. Allstate Siding and Windows are fantastic. We just had new windows put in on our house. I can tell you right now how it upgraded the entire look of the property. It makes the entire house look more modern, more classic. Uh, just a fantastic overall look. But that's what's great and fine for people driving by. The thing that's important to me and my family is it's going to keep the elements out. It's going to keep the air conditioning in in the summertime. It's going to keep the warmth in like when it gets cold like it did this week. And the fact is we could save up to 40% up on our energy bills because of the vinyl windows that we got thanks to Allstate Siding and Windows. Mary and her brother Mike and the family, they've operated this business for about 50 years. They have been phenomenally devoted to Houston, Houston sports teams, to ESPN 97.5, and they're going to show that devotion to you by being experts in their field. If you just want them to come out and see what they can do, you are going to love all the different options that they have in terms of windows and siding because they are experts. They have expert installers. They make sure that everything's fitted correctly the first time and every time, and they take care of you every step along the way. 12 months interest-free. They've got those kind of deals going on as well. You know, eight, nine months, same as cash. Just ask them about what specials are going on. But the main thing is just talk to them. They'll come out and look at your property and tell them how they can help how they can help you, whether it be siding or windows. 832-204-1936. 832-204-1936. Or check them out online, allstatewindowsandsiding.com. Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank, I'm Branham, 713-780-ESPN, 8807, watching highlights of the Cougs wrecking Lamar at Louisville, uh, ready for the game tomorrow. Yeah, the year he won the Heisman, he got destroyed by the Houston Cougars. Go Cougs. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Uh, rest versus rust versus momentum. I think the Texans have momentum. The Texans have won three straight must-win-ish games. Uh, if you want to count the Titans game, you certainly can. If you want to dismiss that a little bit as a must-win, I-, I understand. But you won in Week 17 versus Tennessee. You won at Indy in Week 18, and then you won the, the game against Cleveland after they whooped up on you on Christmas Eve. The Ravens have rest. They didn't play their stars in Week 18. Obviously, they had the bye last week. And then you could argue that there's a bit of rust there. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, played his best game the last time he was on the football field. He threw five touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins. That game was played on December 31st. He has not played a football game this month. So where are you on the rest versus rust versus momentum conversation? I, I think that I lean towards this time of the year playing football because 
we talk about the fact that even we've talked about this in other sports. We talked about it with Deshaun Watson with the time he's had off. We've talked about it from, from the standpoint your body in football is such a violent sport that you get you have to adjust. Your body adjusts and gets used to the punishment, the recovery, the speed, all those other things that no matter what you're doing in practice and how you're getting ready, it's different. And so I think that they were riding a ton of momentum going into that last game of the regular season, and they were, without argument, the hottest team in the NFL. But I think that I don't know if it's going to last all game, but I think that the rust situation for Baltimore should be, I don't want to say it should be a concern, but it might be an issue early on because I think the guys, the yeah, they're going to get over a lot of injuries. We saw Andrews isn't going to play, but he got extremely healthy, had a lot of downtime. But I think a lot of your guys that get dinged up and have the little nicks here and there or the, you know, the soreness, they're getting over all that. But to catch up and get ready for the speed again and the hitting again and your body adjusts, I could see it in the early stages I could see there being some rust, but the team is extremely talented. It's the best Baltimore team we've probably seen in in 10 years, and and I think that you know Lamar's playing at a different level. I don't think it's going to be a whole game thing. I think it could be an early on thing. Yeah, maybe that's why you, you strike early, a critical part of, of striking early. I, I usually err on the side of um, playing my guys. I don't like really sitting my starters for a full game, especially if you have the bye, because now you're looking at two weeks. If it's just a if you if you're locked into a two seed type of thing with the new you know model of football where only one team gets the bye, I can understand. Okay, give just give them the week off. But whenever you're you're going to be the the home foot advantage top seed, you have a bye in week one. I am not a fan of having my stars miss two weeks. I don't think it's a, a good thing that Lamar Jackson has not played football since December 31st. I would have gotten him a little bit of run in week 18, even though the game literally did not matter. I just don't want to have my quarterback having two weeks without live action. I think that sports are repetition things. Football might not be as much as like baseball or golf, but I still think that it matters. I think it comes into play. So I would not have played it the way that Harbaugh did. I hope that it's a a major disadvantage. I agree that the bigger point is Lamar Jackson's really stinking good at football. He's going to figure out a way to have success regardless. Uh, But I wouldn't have played uh, Harbaugh. I wouldn't have played my cards the way that Harbaugh did. And obviously the argument on the flip side is you see Laporta, he ended up playing, but it could have been disastrous there was injuries down the down the stretch with teams that decided like Dan Campbell did to play some of his key players and then you run the risk of injury but I'm with you I think especially when you're talking about a quarterback when you're talking about you know receivers timing type things I think speed of the game things matters too and 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 timing with your receivers and otherwise and that's almost a month I mean that's a long period of time to to just have some practices and I don't think that they're always going or, or very rarely are they going full full speed to, to the point where it's going to take a little bit of an adjustment for everybody. Yeah, they're at home. Yeah, they'll have momentum. But I think that maybe only tries to offset a little bit what's going to be an adjustment for this team to get back into full NFL football speed. One of the uh, big questions in recent weeks with the Texans, because Derek Stingley has emerged as clearly the top cornerback on this team, maybe one of the better young quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Now, last week there was a clear-cut receiver one with Cleveland. Amari Cooper dropping off to their second, third-best receiver was a a drastic drop-off. This week, you know, you have Zay, who I think is their best receiver currently. Odell certainly has the track record. Bateman's a good receiver as well. Is this another week where you want Derek Stingley Jr. to travel? Uh, I was going to ask you if you thought Zay was number one. That's where I was thinking, too. I think he's easily number one. Yeah, I, I don't think OBJ is the same OBJ of the past. I think that I'm fine. You know, Stevie Nelson is capable, I think, of of, of doing a good job on OBJ. 
Uh, Bateman is, like you said, he's good. Uh, but I don't know that there's a necessary need to travel as much as there was with Cooper, especially when you know what Cooper did to you on Christmas Eve, uh, and he was dominant, dominant. Um, I know they can beat you, and, and if speed is an issue, then you try and put Stingley on him a little bit more, but I don't see the the same kind of need to have him travel. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't think the like I think Zay's their best receiver. I don't think the drop off there is tremendous though. Like so, it, it's not at all the gap between Amari and then whatever was left for the the Cleveland Browns receiver room. Uh, the drop off between Zay and Odell, I don't think is that great. I think Bateman's kind of in that conversation too, kind of an underrated receiver. So I'm with you. I, I don't think that you need to travel Derek Stingley. There might be situations where hey, you, you gotta you need a big stop, third and eight tie game late in the fourth quarter or maybe you think about it but from play one to the final play defensively uh, I'm on your side of this I, I don't think it's something that you have to do uh, against the Baltimore Ravens 713-780-ESPN HRMP listener line 713-780-3776 each Friday we play a game who said it Joe reads us quotes that were said by ESPN 97.5 personalities we guess who said it last week we got smoked we look to get off the schneid next Killer Bees ESPN 97.5 ESPN 92.5. It's now time for the mega producer Joe George to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumper in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with who said it. Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. All right. Each and every week we play Who Said It. Joe reads to us quotes said by ESPN 97.5 personalities. We guess who said it. We take three questions right. We win. Joe stumps us three times. He wins. It's a best of five. All right. Quote number one, Joe. You want to do three ways with the listeners. That's what you just said. Want to do three? Well, I think this would be Beard, Connor, and Beard. Definitely from an immature show, for sure. Definitely it required. Could immaturity. be John and Lance. Maybe they're they're all. I said immature. I didn't say young. That was gonna. Be, I was gonna ask. Like you don't consider <laughs> all of them I immature. Didn't, I didn't say young. I think well, we're the only mature show on the station. I mean, Paul could I think, be mature. I think that's pretty I'm accurate. Kidding. No, I'm I kidding. Think right. Yeah. I was kidding. It was a joke. Ha ha. By the way, I heard Lance say this morning that I like the name the bench, but because of John, we are John and Lance. Uh, hopefully, that's not one of our who said it. It's not. Joe's gonna pivot. I well, actually found I mean, that. The timing on that was poor. Blankers. Sorry. Save that one. Ten minutes. <laughs> I couldn't find a new one anyway. Okay. Good. So right, we did, I'll read it again for you. Yeah. You want to do three ways with the listeners. That's what you just said. I think I, I feel like I feel like this would be Beard that let it slip and then Connor that calls him out. I kind of feel like that Connor's got more of the dirty mindedness of the two of them. He always brings up the sexual innuendo stuff. Yeah. And then they kind of go back and forth with it. I kind of I'm on board with that. Also like saying like so I, I think I, can, I think we can eliminate Paul here cuz I don't He's not. He didn't have a co-host. I don't think he would say this to Sean. And then also, I, I think the key word here is listeners, because I know I know John and Lance like will certainly take calls. I don't really hear them ever address their listenership as listeners, though. You know what I mean? Well, except for like by name, right? Yeah, yeah, by yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's You're why right. listeners. Right. Yeah, the word I think is they critical did it this here. morning. They did. They did their whole pump it up segment, and they 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 just. They called out and referenced everybody but Yeah, me. I don't think yeah. they would say listeners is like a broad scope. So you want to say that this is Michael? I'll go with that. All right, Michael Connor. 
work. You want to do and we'll sneak attack them. With the listeners. <laughs> no. That's what you just said. Oh, we've gotten really bad at this game. They were talking directly to Gilbert. Oh, really? And because they were worried Gilbert wasn't going to answer his call. So they're going to try to three-way him in. Yeah. All right. Over we were one. in the ballpark again. That was the story last week. I don't Number think we two. were in the ballpark. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, Long show. That's ballpark. not ballpark. Yeah. Last I, week thought, you guys I said were... it was either John and Lance or it was Connor and Beard. That's too many options for the ballpark. Right. Fine. I, feel, <laughs> I feel like it, personally. Uh, number two, masterful job, Nick Casario. 5D chess, everybody. <laughs> it sounds like Paul Gallant's over-exaggerations. 5D chess. I think this is. I think this is Paul going completely strongly about it. Uh, I mean, I didn't hear him say it. No. So no, I don't. I don't ever feel strongly about any of my answers on this game. I am the world's worst at this game. But Paul's immediately where my head goes to. Let's roll with it. Five D chess. You good with it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I expect a little pushback, Paul. Masterful job, Nick Casario. Yeah. Good call. Five mm. D chess, everybody. I'm always better whenever my, I have poor confidence. Like, they usually say you're supposed to have, like, high confidence to be good at things. I've noticed that whenever I have poor confidence, I'm better at this game. Okay. All right, one for two. All right, number three. Oh, Epcot or ERCOT, whatever you are, get off my phone. Huh. Obviously, early in the week. Because of the cold spell. So, Paul has taken a spam call on the air. Yes, he has. So it wouldn't, you know, it, he certainly would say Urcot's on his phone, but I don't know why Urcot would be calling. I don't know if this is a spam call. He bitches about a lot of stuff like this. Yeah. See, can you read this again? This is a hard one. Oh, Epcot or Urcot, whatever you are, get off my phone. So is that did they they didn't send out like a mass text saying They're, the limit, but there was like maybe they a are tweet. talking about. Alerts, yeah, from the not cold not, stuff. not a call, but like I'll help like you guys. Tweets out. and stuff, or? just like the constant like alerts to, to people's phones about okay. temperature and. Would he go back this to back? Be, this is so vague. This could be anybody. It is. It could right. literally would, be anybody. And would Joe go back to back? And yeah, go. he's done that before, but I also think he knows that we know that. Uh, <laughs> That's true. He knows that we know, and he knows that we know. Um, Granado doesn't worry about this kind of stuff. And he doesn't want Does alerts on his phone. I don't think he wants these kind of alerts on his phone. So you're saying he would say this? I don't think he would. Well, you kind of contradict yourself. No, I think <laughs> I think I think from the penthouse you don't worry about ERCOT. unless you, unless your power goes out. But it didn't. And you also don't want to be disturbed on your phone because he's got bigger fish to fry like golf and and, yeah. and money. And, lines. and what were they saying? They were saying that you need to not use as right. much heat in your house to conserve energy. So this could be anybody during a hard freeze. It could be any any of them. Um. I could see Connor. Yeah, I, I could see, see anybody. Paul. This. You're right. It's, it's, it's this pretty, literally, this is literally a dart at the board. I, I would agree that it's pretty general. Is that you, I don't think that there is any any trends and tendencies from this quote that we could possibly pick up on. It's real short, and I think that's too. why Joe likes yeah, it. I think no, that's, that's why Joe's why got that little already. you know eating grin over there. Is he's like, yeah, I got one that's so vague. You guys it literally so be hard. Anybody. Not you guys. Sorry. Yeah, this game's hard now. Yeah, because you pick vague quotes like this that we can't I, pick I'm up. Sorry, like, okay, my, let me ask you this: Do you think he'd go back to back with Paul? Of course, of course. I don't think this is Paul, though. I think it's Connor. Then okay, I'm I'm cool with that. All right, let's go with Connor. Let's go with Michael Connor. Oh, Epcot. Yeah. Or I'm Air sorry, Cod or whatever you are. Get off my phone. That's why I was laughing because and Joel's, it was Granada. Because Joel's analysis of why it was John was yeah. spot on. Yeah, you kind of contradicted yourself there. Okay. You did because you were like he doesn't want to see that on his phone. Well, then that's why he that's said exactly it. Exactly why he said it. Like yeah. exactly why he said it. You 100 percent locked it in. Damn it. Yeah, that's okay. All right, let's finish hot. 
All right, number four. I'll fight that guy. I will fight that person. If I find that person, I will fight them. Look at my guns out right now. Connor. You, you, you feel super confident. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Who's going to... I mean, it, you said beard. I mean, beard. Like, I don't know that beard's confrontational. Are you kidding me? He said he could beat up uh, Dan Campbell. Yeah, but that's different than. I don't think he would go out and say he'd fight. Some... I mean, but whoever's saying that on radio is being fake tough guy. Okay. If you say I'm going to fight a guy on well, the radio, Paul. you're being fake tough. You're being Stephen A. <laughs> Paul would like to fight people. I think that uh... he has the temper to fight people. Paul says that he doesn't, though. Really, I disagree with Paul's assessment of himself, but I don't think he would say that on the air. I think it's. Uh... I think it's either Connor or Beard. I actually lean towards Beard. Okay. Can you say it again, though, Joe? Read this again. Doing some calisthenics. I'll fight that guy. I will fight that person. If I find that person, I will fight them. Look at my guns out right now. See, the last part's where I get a little bit confused because that could definitely be like Connor's sarcasm. Where, but Beard, Beard's arrogance. It could also be that. So... I'm torn between those two. I, I I think now would Paul sarcastically say, "Look at these guns out." Yeah, I just don't think he would say the fight stuff. Okay, I, I, I've seen his temper. I, I know that he's extremely temperamental, right? But, but whenever but whenever he's talking about that, he says, "I, think, I don't have I, I don't have it in me to fight." I think we're probably I think we're in the same. I, I think it's from the Connor and Beard show. Which way do you want to lean? Hmm. I called it wrong last time, so I'll yeah, give you a shot. The, at it. the last sentence is where I. Which part? The the look at me or say, Joe, where's the last sentence where he says, look at me, I have my guns out. Look at my guns out right now. See, I don't think Beard would say that because it's kind of talking sarcastically about his muscles and Beard never yeah, talks but Connor's sarcastically always wearing a about his muscles. And he's, wearing, he's always get wearing layers. Yeah, but I think you're putting too much stock in like the realism of this quote. Like he's talking about fighting somebody. He's not really going to fight somebody. Like it's not a realism like quote. This is like being sarcastic and over the top. Okay. Then, then you're, then you're saying go. I lean Connor. Give it over shot. beard. Let's All roll, right, Michael Connor. See, that's that's not the right thing there. Thanks, Joe. Joe. <laughs> that would. I think Joe screwed I up. Fight that guy. Oh, I will Paul. fight that person. If I find that person, I will fight him. And uh, look at my guns out right now. See that the last sentence? Yeah, that's definitely Paul. Ah. And I figured he was probably wearing a t-shirt, and he was probably yeah. It was from today. He was wearing a tank top. Man, there you go. Flexing his guns. No, oh, we stink. Honestly, and I and I gave that one to you guys earlier, on accident. We couldn't hear it because we were yeah, on radio. We, we're trying yeah, to do know, radio and having distractions, fire alarms, audio off the TV. We had a weird day. All right, oh, man, I really got these my numbers mixed up. Uh, number five, CJ Stroud, the future, the only one, the prodigy. Here in the H, he makes a celebration. Was this Beard's rap? Beard's rap or Beard song? Was it Beard's rap? Yeah. All right, Beard. Joe, you're, what's going on? What are we here, doing, man? Joe? Beard, yeah. Beard. Final answer. CJ Stroud, the future, the only one, the prodigy. Here in the age, game day is a celebration. I ruined it. Why? I played it. We didn't hear you play it. Oh, you didn't? Well, no. I didn't know that was what you were. Yeah, I had no oh, idea. Okay. And yeah. we didn't hear a lyric. Gotcha. I just figured it was Beard's rap. Sorry, we got it. two. We improved. Do y'all like Beard's rap? 713 I didn't hear it either. I had some friends debating if it was good or not. Um, I think the ones that were saying it was good were trolling the ones that were saying it was bad. Uh, where do you, how do you feel about Beard's uh, rap there, Joe? I haven't listened to the full thing yet. Oh, that's, I it. Just, that's I, it. That's a good way to dance around that question. I just, I mean, last week I thought it was fine. Fine. Okay. This week I'm curious. Okay. I gave All him, right. a, I gave him a suggestion for a song this weekend. What was that? Uh, I wanted him to take a DJ got us fall in love again and change it to CJ. 
Oh. But he said he said we'll get that one eventually, just not right now. All right. How do you all like Beard's uh, raps? 713-780-ESPN as I deflect from our failures uh, in who said it yes, you guys yet again. Uh, that doesn't mean we won. Uh, this is not. We're not. We don't have a loser's mentality. There's no moral victories with nope. the killer bees. All right, the Texans win if what? If blank. The Ravens win if Joel blank. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Hey, right now I'll tell you about Daisy Dips. Look, Daisy Dips, unbelievable because they taste great. And because they do all the work for you. Because a lot of times, like when I was growing up in the Midwest, my mom would actually spend a lot of time making the dips for the, the veggies and for the ruffle chips and the, the different things. Nowadays, it's pizza, it's wings, it's everything. But you got to have the right dip a lot of times to add something to it. If you want the actual spread of food to be as good as whatever the game is you're watching, like all the big games this weekend, I encourage you to go to your grocery store and get some Daisy Dips. They got French onion, they got ranch, and they take all of the extra time-consuming things out of it. You just pick up a couple of tubs, you bring them home, you put them on that appetizer tray and lay them out by the on the coffee table. People are going to love whatever you are serving because those dips make everything better. From your favorite rigid chips and all the different ways that you can dip it to all the different ways if you're healthy in the veggie dips or if you're going for the wings and the pizza, you got to do one thing before you do any of that. You got to go to the grocery store and you got to go get the Daisy Dips. Try the French onion, try the ranch. You'll thank me later because the people that are coming over to your house for the watch party, they'll thank you before they leave. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. You think I'm too scared to do NAS? I'll do NAS. not an NY state of mind. It's an H state of mind. All right. This is Beard's rap. Where the Texas reign supreme, where legends are made, a city of broken football dreams. CJ Stroud rises talking in the making. I think his lyrics are okay. My critique, keep it, keep it going. My critique is his actual like his rap, like his his rapping. Like it's, it's not smooth to me. Like it's kind of like it's a little choppy, but it's better than I expected. It's super gringo. Like let's be honest. I mean yes, but it's I think that's super more. gringo. He's a he's a large white man rapping Nas. I mean, Eminem makes it work. It's a little different. Like I think his lyrics are fine. I think his actual ability to rap is poor. Fair assessment. You think it's poor? Yeah, yeah I think it's pretty poor. I don't think it's as bad as I thought it was going to be. I don't think your bar was that high. Okay, maybe I mean, I've not. Heard, I've heard Still. worse. Well, sure, I've heard worse. I mean, I would, I couldn't pull this off. I would be atrocious. I think he pulls it off, but his, I, I like the lyrics. I think he writes good lyrics, like fake lyrics, spoof lyrics, parody lyrics. But the actual ability to rap, I think he struggles with. Is that all his production, or, or yeah, he does everything? That's that's impressive. He needs a little auto tune, I think. I, but see, then I feel like it becomes less of a parody, and you become a tryhard. Like, I think there, there's a fine line between having fun and goofy radio and trying to do something like that. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. You want to optimize, don't you? True. <laughs> I mean, you never know. There's yeah. a rapper, a local rapper, that does all these, like, CJ Stroud and Astros rap videos. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be on Sports Center this weekend. Oh, really? Good for them. Yeah, apparently ESPN was, like, scouting us the other day. Us? Yeah. Oh, really? Did they make the cut or what? They heard this rap song that Paul played from this guy, and they hit me up, and they're like, hey, can we get the rights to that? Oh, for real? And I was like, "Uh, why are you listening, A, question mark, B, I'll ask? 
<laughs> I was like, see, thank you. How about that? Dre says, let's hear Branham drop some bars. Uh, no, not happening. I know my limitations, and I play my strengths. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. The Twitchers, the Texters, and the YouTube commenters, uh, they, they would be really good at who said it. They were trying to help us out. They got a few of them right, but... I'm not on the I'm not on the Twitch chat. I'm not on the YouTube chat. I'm not on the text line during who said it because I don't uh, cheat well, at who said the it. The Twitch and the YouTube also doesn't help you because no, they got some right. But there's enough of a delay that most of the time, like collectively, when they come up with an answer, you guys have already given yours. No, I think so. No, I think we have, I think we stall plenty. How long is the delay? Seven seconds, right? Yeah, I think well, between Twitch us and Twitch, I think it's longer. no. I think it's longer it? than that. Yeah, it's probably. You want to? Should we test it? I'll just count to thirty, and the Twitch can tell me when they hear the first number. That'd be great radio, wouldn't it? Um, How about to five? I can tell you. Said, no, that wouldn't. That wouldn't matter. It wouldn't help. We wouldn't know because it's longer than five. I think it's upwards to thirty. Uh, tell me whenever you hear the word beard. Okay, um, and then you can time it, I guess, Joe. But yeah, they were trying to help us, and we got it. We just don't listen. We don't listen. We don't pay attention. We don't pay attention. Eight eight zero seven. Not cheating is against Houston tradition. Maybe we should start cheating. Uh, eight eight uh, six zero five eight says delivery is the hardest part of rap. LOL. Most lyrics are trash. Well, that's fine. Beard's got the lyrics. He doesn't have the rapping. Uh, that, that might be Beard actually texting in. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We laughing up. No, the the fact that it might be Beard texting in. I it mean, might I'm, be very well could be. I, I'm a little rusty in my lyrical. I think you uh, rap game. What do you? What is your strength of your rap game? The rhymes for sure. That's what, good, glad you admit it. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. It was the the rhymes. Do Maybe we think that's, that's we the should... best? What do you mean the best? You do we all agree that your rhymes were the best part of your rhymes? Of your rapping? I thought it was creativity and rhymes. Let's uh, let's hear from the hive seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. How did we feel about Blankers back in his? Would you call it your heyday? Sure. No, like what we, did you feel about Blankers in his heyday when he would rhyme in a in a previous radio life? I was gonna say like, or, were you a rapper? Like, is this like a Max Kellerman situation? Yeah, I wouldn't say you were really. Yeah, rapper. like you have like a hidden rap. rap. You have like a hidden rap career that we don't really know about. I would remember walking in or out like sometimes some days at work, and some of the people up in tickets or something like that is like, man, I, I, I get in the car at night to listen to you dropping bars and, and your lyrics, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really think about it like that, but you know, it was my. Shtick, I guess. Can we? Is there old stuff we can play? I hope not. <laughs> I don't know if I, we can. You think it's good, so maybe, maybe you hope that I, you should. I was proud of what I did. I mean, there was a lot of people that said they liked it. If you didn't, oh well. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. The Texans win if blank. The Ravens win if blank. Let's start with the Texans. If the how do the Texans win? What do, what do they have to do? I think they have to establish some kind of run game. Uh, I think that. A lot of emphasis has been made on even what you were able to do running the football against Cleveland, you're not going to be able to do against Baltimore, and and, and their defense is just different, and they're going to look to suffocate the run against the Texans. I mean, I hope that they can get a running game to get some balance. If they can get a running game and get some balance, I think CJ's going to going to have the ability to do some things, and I think that would be that would go a long way to them winning uh, winning the football game. Um, so I would say offensively, I at least I would hope that they could get some kind of a run game going. Yeah, I think it's more important for them to stop the run than sure. to get the run game going. Uh, I think the run game's critical on both sides, but if I would put more emphasis on the defensive side than the offensive side. Like you you can you can win this game if you have 60 yards running the football, which really isn't a running game. Now, Stroud would have to go nuts. Stroud's probably going to have to go over 300 yards if you if you run for 60. But maybe that's part of the plan. Maybe that's part of the game plan. So like 
the the running attack, uh, it'd be great if you can get it going. I think you can survive if you don't, though. But on the other side, if you do not limit Baltimore's rushing attack, which is the best rushing attack in the NFL by a mile, they have a bigger lead on the second best rushing team in the NFL, which is actually the Bears, than the Bears have over the ninth place team in the NFL. So that, to me, is more critical than, than actually getting the running attack going offensively. And that's what that's where I was in terms of my answer to both these questions was, I want Lamar to beat me with his arm. I want Lamar to have the a, a possibility to throw interceptions or turn it over. I know what he can do if he if he's running the ball well, and I already know that no matter who the running back that gets the ball is, that Baltimore can really run the football well. So if the Ravens are going to win, they're just going to establish the run because if they establish the run, then Lamar is part of that, plus he can do his thing, and, and they can ball control it, and they can smash mouth football you to death. And they're, and I think it just plays right into their hands. So I think that was the answer as well that I was leaning for. But I think offensively for me, it was just the fact that as much as you wanted to run the ball, and you didn't get big numbers against Cleveland, but you ran it effectively enough. I think you got to do better than that to, to, to try and create that balance against the, the Baltimore defense. You agree with Bullion then with, about what he said about Lamar Jackson today. He said, yeah, to keep him in the, uh, the pocket. He said, you're not looking to rush Lamar Jackson with the intent of sacking him. You're rushing him with the intent to throw. Now, we don't really take Bill, Bill, Bill Polian seriously when he's talking about Lamar mm-hmm. because he said that Lamar should be a wide receiver in the NFL. Right. I actually agree with this one, though. I know that I posted it earlier in the week, too. Polian did? No, we said it earlier. Yeah, in the I week. think that you I mean you have to keep him in the pocket. Like, if he, if he escapes and he's getting to your second and your third level, that's automatically a first down if he's getting to your third level. Um, it's probably going to be on critical downs. It's moving the chains. Um, that's where he's at his best. Like, I think he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now, total package. I think the weakness of his game, and he's much better at it now than he was five years ago, mm-hmm. is throwing the football. Like he, he's he's prone to some inaccurate passes, and he's prone to turnovers, especially in the playoffs. And I said it was going to be more important to put pressures on him than it is to actually sack him. I'm sure, sure I mean, yeah, sure, sacks are great. But when you try to overcommit for the sack, a lot of times you stay out, you get out of your lane, you give up the edge containment, and the next thing you know, he's running wild. And I think that if you could you could live with a lot of pressures, even if it didn't result in a lot of sacks, if it meant that he didn't he couldn't sit back there, he didn't have the luxury of you know figuring out run or pass, where am I going, what am I doing, and if you speed up his clock like DJ was talking about too, I think that's to your advantage in, in a big way. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Texans win if blank um, defensively it's you contain Lamar especially on the running game like I would be totally fine if Lamar threw the ball thirty times that would be fabulous if he throws it thirty times or more I'd be pretty happy uh, offensively in order to beat the Ravens like I think Stroud has to be CJ Stroud the greatest quarterback ever uh, I really do think the Texans have their hands full I think highly of this Baltimore Ravens team I think they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, San Francisco's been in that conversation. Look what Baltimore did to San Francisco late in the year. Lamar Jackson's never played better. He's going to be a two-time MVP. He's throwing the football at a very high clip. I think this Ravens team is dominant. I think they're fabulous. I think they're fantastic. If the Tex- And their defense is equally as good. Like They're well-coached. They have really good coordinators. They do everything well. I don't see a hole really in their in their entire game. Now, could be Lamar in the postseason. That could be the hole. Lamar turning it over, that could be the hole. But then on the offensive side, I think you have to, and it's so easy, and it's people are going to say it's lazy, I think you have to have C.J. Stroud magic. I can see that, yeah. I mean, you expect you want, you want to expect that C.J. is going to be what he's been to this point. 
like that he's going to give you above average numbers. He's not going to turn it over. But in order to do that, obviously a lot of other things have to happen. The question I was going to ask you is, what is that number in terms of containing Lamar rushing-wise that you'd like to keep him under? 60, yards? 50, 40? I mean, I was thinking between 40 and 50. If you can keep him under 50 yards rushing, yeah. I think that's a pretty good number for, for the Texans if you can if you can kind of contain him in that way. It's interesting because he, he didn't run. I mean, he still ran for a lot of yards this year, but he didn't run as often as he usually runs. So, like, he, he is a little bit more committed to stay in the pocket than, than normal. Fifty, I would feel I'd feel okay with because at least it doesn't like kill you. Like if it's if it's round fifty, even if it's fifty, like that does not kill you. Like because I think there's a lot of games where where Lamar Jackson has a long of greater than fifty. Yep. So fifty, I would be okay with. I still think they can win. Obviously, if Lamar Jackson's at fifty, I think they can win if Lamar Jackson had zero yards because I think he's that evolved as a passer. Mm-hmm. But. If, I believe if he goes over 50, the Texans are toast. So that's that's a fair number. Yeah, and I, I also mentioned this the other day, but I think that the key is is he didn't run all season, but whether it's because he knows that there's that reputation on the line, on the line in the playoffs, but he knows he's got a hell of a weapon when he tucks and runs. And I think that he is healthier than he's been in years past and that he hasn't run all season, but now he knows with every game it's win or go home. I think you're going to see him run more. I think he's in great shape to, to run more because he's not – all dinged up and hurt. Unless and I, it's not there, though. Like, if it's not I, there... I, right, but I, I think... He, but but just overall saying, yeah, they've made a conscious effort for him not to, to run it as much, but I think in the playoffs, he's if he sees an opportunity, he's just going to go. I, I'm curious, too, like the design runs, because I, I don't think that they had much of that this year versus other years, where it's all of a sudden, it's the playoffs, you must win a game. Hey, let's run it him. Let's run it a little bit more. Now, I, I am wondering, too, if they... Not that they're overlooking the Texans... But maybe they don't show that this week because they think they're big games next week. Kind of like, kind of like the Mark Andrews. I was going to say the Andrews not playing thing would indicate that that's on that same page. That maybe they're look not that they're completely looking past it, but they think they got this one. It's going to be the big one is going to be whoever they play next week, and obviously knowing that those two teams, uh, the Chiefs and the Bills, are sitting there, that that's going to be where they that they put it all on display a little bit more. But I to your to your previous point i don't think that they're going to do any designed runs because that's where he has the possibility of getting really hit yeah i think that if well, he just uses escapability or you know sneaks through the holes it, now he can get down before any contact i think they're willing to do that in games they are desperate to win uh and you would you would obviously they're desperate to win this i i think that be, like the andrews hint i believe that they're really confident they're going to be playing in the conference championship game and if you're really confident you're playing in the conference championship game and you have these designed lamar jackson runs that you're like saving and storing is this the week that you do it when you're at home in a nine and a half point favorite or do you save it for kansas city or buffalo just just a thought no so. and i get it you don't want to tip your hand but i, I also think that if you design a run and the defense, for whatever reason, is prepared for it or they guessed wrong, now he could really take a clean shot. Whereas I think that if he picks his spot, even if he gets out to the edge or he slips up in the pocket, I think he can still get down or get out of bounds before he takes anything too too destructive. No, I think we're on the same page. Like how he would be able to run with the Texans. I think they're going to try to save a lot of the design stuff. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. CBS biggest looming question over the Texans is: Can the defense hold up? Kind of the same vein of this conversation. Can the Texans defense hold up? What is your biggest question for tomorrow's game? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five.